Hey guys, it's Danny. Sorry there was no episode last week. We had some technical issues. We're still trying to recover that. We're going to try and find a way to put out episode 7 eventually. But, you know, for now it's looking like it may just be a lost episode. So I'm going to give you a real quick rundown here. Let you know what you missed. So, episode 7, what happened? It started out, Chelsea showed up in my apartment visibly drunk. Just, just just reeking, reeking of booze. And uh, we got on the mics and she went on this huge tirade about how a certain group of people just starts all the wars. And uh, I, I tried to, to argue with her. She told me to shut up and she threw a lamp in my head. <laughs> so we started talking about the, the serial. And episode eight, here's what happened. The wizard announces he's going to shut down all the trains unless he gets $5 million. So Batman has a plan. He's going to give him the money, but he's going to paint it in this radioactive substance and then track it with a Geiger counter, track it back to their headquarters, which is actually a weirdly smart plan for him. That actually kind of makes sense. uh, They did something similar in The Dark Knight, a, a legitimately good Batman movie. And we were sort of impressed for a moment then he announces that this substance will also cause the money to burst into flames upon contact with air and we're like okay yeah that that that's the batman we know and then so he, he just drops the the money out of a plane then he jumps after it they trace the criminals back to their hideout and there's a big fight the money gets opened and it sets the hideout on fire robin flees as he always does if batman doesn't know that he flees and he's running around this burning building looking for robin then in the next episode very little goes on there's a lot of a lot of fighting uh there's one great scene there's there's this maybe the best scene in all the serials to date there's a fight between batman and a whole group of criminals on what appears to be a very slippery floor they're just slipping and sliding around as they're punching each other and then batman gets knocked off a window out of the skyscraper he falls he hits the ground and that appears to be the end of Batman. Chelsea and I both just cheer. But the next episode, it's revealed that wasn't really Batman. In a in a flashback that we both agreed is just undeniably sexual. Uh, Batman reveals that v- Batman pretended to be unconscious and let Vicky's brother Jimmy undress him and the whole time he's just got his eyes like just peeking open just i'm just i'm just gonna see where this goes and it's a weird it's a this is a weird recurring thing with batman and rob they keep pretending to be asleep then bruce wayne gets kidnapped by a bunch of criminals he hits this pedal in the batmobile that radios dick there's actually a, a kind of a gadget sort of in the batmobile and then Dick, as Robin, he shows up with another Batman, and they rescue Bruce Wayne. And Dick just runs away. <laughs> just as, before he even sees a criminal, he just runs away. And it's revealed that the other Batman was actually Alfred. And so Bruce Wayne puts on the Batman costume. There's a car chase. They're following the wizard. The wizard hits a button in his car. A bunch of smoke pours out the back of the car. The 
Batman and Robin kind of swerve around a bit. That's the end of episode 11. This is the moment in the podcast where things started to, to get weird. Chelsea declared that Batman was great, that she loved the serials, and then she just dove across the table and tried to kiss me. Uh, I rebuffed her, and she started crying. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Chelsea actually listens to this podcast. Let's no nobody tell nobody tell her about this. Podcast. You missed it. Podcast. 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 Hello and welcome to Na 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 Podcast, the Batman podcast for people who hate Batman. I'm Danny. And I'm Chelsea. And we are going to finish up the 1949 Batman serial, Batman and Robin. Uh, I'm so glad to be finishing this. I have had like nightmares where that music at the beginning of the serial is involved. So I'm really, really glad. I'm really starting to wonder if I like Batman. I'm I'm not sure I like Batman anymore. I will say there was a moment in one of the most recent serials where I was like, oh, Batman's costume looks nice. And then I was like, that's all I have to say. That's Stockholm Syndrome. That's what you're describing. (laughs) (laughs) That's You're just desperate to find something. Yeah. Like, by the end of this, I'm going to be like, no, Batman's the best. I love Batman. But really, it's just because of the torture of doing this. It's so awful. Remember when we thought this was a good idea? Yeah, yeah. I This was a mistake. This whole podcast was a mistake. <laughs> well, a terrible mistake. Yeah. I thought about that this morning. I was like, wow, we've done so many episodes and oh, God. covered so little Batman. Yeah. This is... This is Two things. I thought this was going to be two episodes originally. Right. This is episode eight. Yes. And if you're listening to this, thank you. Yeah. But also, I'm sorry. Yeah. I had originally hoped people would like be watching along with us. Don't do that. Mm-mm. Don't. If you haven't watched these already, don't watch these. Yeah. We'll start maybe, telling you when to start watching. Yeah. Maybe next week. Yeah. Maybe. Hopefully. We've got some stuff I'm excited about coming up. For sure. It's not all going to be this bad. I hope not. Well, me too. I'm I'm legitimately starting to wonder if there are good Batman movies. Mm, Well, we'll see. And maybe maybe we won't be as jaded because we're going to start having some guests on the show to talk about other Batman. Starting next week, we're going to start having guests. And and maybe those people will um, bring the light of Batman back into your heart. Yeah. My heart is dead and cold towards Batman, so it'll take a lot more than that. But we're working on it. We're working on it. Uh, how how are things going uh, outside of Batman for you? Um, Anything interesting? You know, not terribly. Um, I spent the afternoon yesterday at the uh, Jazz Age lawn party on Governor's Island, which mm. was super fun. Everybody dresses up in like 1920s clothes, and there's bands that play music and food trucks, and um, it was really fun. It, it was just so fucking hot yeah it was like it's being on the surface of the sun it's too hot yeah there's like no shade three ambulances had to be called that would take the ferry i was trying to hang out with a friend last night and he texted me he's like nope too hot not yeah. going out not no. leaving my house you, you can't go out yeah. i uh someone on the fake snapchat on instagram put up a, like a little thing that was like 
literally just walking around outside with an ice cold beer because it's too hot not to. Yeah. And I was like, well, yeah, that's that's appropriate. I feel like no one would stop you. Yeah. But just here's my thing. Like, I have been listening to a lot of true crime again, and I've been doing a lot of, like, Summer of Sam stuff. And it was around that same time in the 70s that there was the that blackout. If there were a blackout right now... I'd totally start murdering people. I would <laughs> become murderous with rage because my air conditioner wouldn't work. You'd have to go outside. Every um, fire hydrant would be open. Yeah. I no, mean... I'm I'll go on record right now saying I think Son of Sam was all justified. Well, he's kind of crazy, but it was hot. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, that's currently one of my biggest fears is that yeah. we're going to get a blackout um, and then I'm going to die. It's that weather where just... Like, there's, uh, guys think it's okay to just wear no shirts on, like... I don't even judge them. I do. I don't. I hate that. I I hate hate it, too, but I'm like, if I could walk around topless, like, straight up would. Nobody should be walking around topless. I'm, I, I'm against the whole free the nipple. I think we should ban the nipple. I think, uh... All nipples should be removed. All nipples. All nipples. I think the, the, the free the nipple people have the right idea that it's fucked up that men can walk around topless in places women can't, but I think they've got the wrong solution. I think we should stop letting men you walk know, around topless. Men used to not be able to. Good. That, in like they, that's the right. The 1910s, 1920s, yeah, men we should used go back to wear to bathing suits with the top on them, and they got really mad about it. So they protested, and then everybody was like, fine, fine, you can have your shirts off. And then the ladies were like, what? No fair. It was a more civilized era. It was. It was something. I don't um, like male nipples. I was. I don't either. Sometimes they're really gross. Here's. I am not. I haven't been super into the Olympics, but I've been watching swimming because um, we're really good at that apparently. Um, and the one thing I have to say that I'm so pleased by is that none of the men who are Olympic swimmers have disgusting have nipples. nipples. Oh. They're so <laughs> tiny. They're so tiny. Their nipples. Because. Can you imagine just watching somebody with, like, big old salami nipples, like, swimming? Well, that, that creates a lot of drag in the water. You yeah, really your small giant nipples. areolas, right. like, just swimming behind you. Yeah. Um, this morning, I was woken up by this dog who, I don't know her name. She, actually, I think I do know her name, but I hate it. It sounds like a stripper name, so I won't use it. Anyway, she's this really cute gray and white pit bull that lives in the building behind me, and sometimes she comes out by the, the garbage cans, and I can, like, pet her, and I love her, and she's so cute and i call her lady sweet face hmm. which is not her given name but this morning she woke me up barking and i was pissed about it because she barked for like 25 minutes and then she stopped and then about an hour later she had her barking again barking constantly her owners had put her outside there's no grass it's like a just a concrete That's area horrible. put her out there they put her out there a lot but like it's so hot she was out there for probably two and a half, three hours. Jesus. Barking, trying to get it. It got where she was just, like, laying down tired. She didn't have any water. And I was like, should I call the police? Like, whatever. So before I left, I told my roommates, I was like, hey, if in the next hour or so they don't bring her in or put water out, you need to call the cops because she could die. Well, I just got a text from my roommate on the way over here that said that there were cops that came over to check on her. And I was super glad because... If she died, I would have been livid because they're just fucking lazy. They live on the ground floor, and instead of, like, walking their dog like every other New Yorker, they just put her out literally with the trash, like where the trash goes for their building and let her almost die of heat stroke. It's 93 degrees out. I just checked. It's 
sweltering. And yeah. it's, it's like even hotter than that back there because there's no breeze. Because it's all like blocked in like that. Yeah. No. Fuck that. Not, not cool. Last night at like 9 o'clock, it was 91 degrees. Speaking of breezes, uh, part 12 of, of this <laughs> series called Robin Rides the Wind. Which he couldn't do here because no. there's no breeze. Right. So when we last left our heroes, uh, Batman and Robin were in a car chase with the wizard, and then the wizard pulled a lever, releasing some smoke from the back of his car, calling Batman and Robin to swerve around. And um, Driving's hard. Yeah, it's, it's hard. So Batman and Robin crash the car, and then Robin gets out, and he just checks the tires? Because that's... Gotta see if spikes are in them. I guess. I don't know what he was checking the tires for. It. Robin's not smart. He's not smart. Why does Batman have Robin in this? He just runs in away from series? every fight. I don't know. He I doesn't... think he's really just his emotional companion. Are like they the in love partners. in this one? I think the last one was clear they were, that Batman loved Dick. Does Batman love Dick in this? I think this? so. I think that, he, that Dick still lives with Batman. I think that Batman has cooled on Dick. I don't know if Batman loves Dick. I think Batman likes Dick. You know, I think I think Batman has gotten to where he like realizes that like maybe Dick is just like an infatuation, and <laughs> and Dick is so incompetent. Yeah. In this one, the passion Batman's passion for Dick has waned. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's Bruce Wayne. Ah. Uh, <laughs> 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 no, but like in the last one, Robin saved Batman a lot. Mm. So maybe that's why Batman was so into Dick. Yeah. Because he was like, I, I sleep with him, and also he saves my life. I mean, Batman needed Dick. Mm-hmm. But here, I don't think Batman needs Dick. No, Batman's less incompetent. <laughs> I'm going to say that, and that's a compliment. Yeah. For this one. So the wizard, wizard leaves his car with some goons, and then he goes through the bush, through the trap door, into the submarine, and then teleports into his secret headquarters. Batman and Robin try to find the entrance to the hideout, and one of the wizards, uh, as, the, as they're looking around for the, uh, the entrance, one of the wizard's henchmen, uh, who's in the, the submarine, makes the remark that he's made this trip a lot of times, he still doesn't know where the headquarters is, and the wizard warns him not to try and find out. That does not pay off. There's no... <laughs> the henchman does not make any effort to... To try and find out. No one makes an effort to try and find out. That goes nowhere. No. And I, I've made the note, it, it feels like this use of the submarine, it's like the same footage over and over. Every time they go to the hideout, there's this footage of the, the submarine just driving off. It felt like they had all this extra stock footage of submarines just laying around, and it's just like, we need something to use this for. I tried to find some movie that was made around this time that had submarines. I couldn't find anything. But that feels like that had to be the only... There's no need to have they, a submarine in this. Instead of, like, reshooting things with this, they specifically used the same footage more than once. Yeah. At first, when you said that, I was like, no, that sounds stupid. Yeah. Uh, there's no way they're doing that. But then there's a chase scene later on where they cut to the exact same footage yeah. more than once. And I was like... You no, know, it's like in Power Rangers when, like, every time they would transform and uh, they get their Zords, it was like the same footage that would play, like the Zords coming out of the mountains right. or whatever. It's it's the same thing with, with this. It's just the same footage of the submarine going away. And now I'm really disappointed we're not doing um, a Power Rangers podcast. 
That couldn't be worse than this. Could not, and it could involve breakfast cereal because that just seems like things that go together. They have power, uh, Batman breakfast cereal. I just I feel like I remember eating cereal and watching Power Rangers in the mornings. I would eat cereal and watch Batman in the morning. They had Batman on Saturday mornings. Oh wow! Yeah, Batman the animated series. Look at that. Yeah, I've seen some of that. I think that was actually good. That was I, good. Batman. I remember, didn't they have like a Justice League animated series? They did. That came later. That though. was. I remember watching that and that being pretty good. My yeah, dad loves good. cartoons, so uh-huh. he's like watched. Smart all man, your dad. Smart he, man. He loves them. Cut cut from the same cloth as me. Also loves Samurai Jack. Samurai Jack was, was good. Yeah, he. Loves him. Anyway, Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin keep trying to find the entrance to the headquarters. They stand right next to the bush, and they cannot find it. Is this a metaphor for looking for the clitoris? (laughs) I mean, I feel like as a gay man, Batman probably doesn't know too much about the female anatomy. He's beating around the bush, not really finding anything. He can find dick. He's really good at finding Dick. He knows Dick very well. Mm-hmm. Inside and out. <laughs> Inside and out. <laughs> what do you do with your boyfriend sexually that you you think you got to know Dick inside and out? Are you sticking things in there? No, but there was a serial killer mm. who, um, I don't remember if it was Albert Fish. I want to say it was. But he would put needles inside. That was Albert Fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in the tip of his penis. And then yeah. when they went to electrocute him, uh, he snuck some in there. And like stickman, like in his taint. Yeah. Oh, he loved to do that. Yeah. And they would like find all of these needles inside of him. But he was so full of needles that when they went to, like to electrocute him, it took longer to kill him because of all of the currents being. Yeah. And they would like. Uh, like I still can't get over putting needles in your taint. I. <sighs> Even as a serial killer goes, Albert Fish was weird. Albert Fish was terrifying. Even for a serial killer, he was fucked up. Yeah. Like, he... I just listened to, um... Last Podcast. Garage. Oh. oh, maybe it was Last Podcast. Last Podcast on the left. just did a thing about him. Yeah, where they were talking about the games that he used to play with. Yeah. Oh, my God. That yeah. was terrible. He was terrible. like a, a, a pedophile and, like, a child murderer. Yes. And he played all these weird sexual games with kids. And getting kids to like spank him. Well, and, and those were kids that he didn't ever molest. Yeah. Like those, when he, he had kids of his own that he never molested, he married women with other kids and never molested them. Like he sought out other children to molest and like sometimes eat parts of them. Yeah. Um, he was just into everything sexually. <sighs> Like he was he into ate shit. He was into eating shit. His and, and other people's and like masochistic stuff and sadism and like sexual cannibalism. Yeah. And gay stuff and straight stuff and there's he pretty was, much nothing he wasn't into. He was all for about everything. Sex. Yeah. And healthy relationships. Yeah. Not to like if anybody's into any of that and you're like. If you're into sexual cannibalism, I feel comfortable <laughs> being like, that's not okay. But, I mean, if you have a partner who's also into it and, like... I guess. Just don't eat other people. I feel like there's a point where it's okay to be intolerant. <laughs> I feel like we don't have to accommodate pedophiles. No, and... absolutely not. Like, that's... No, we're not accommodating pedophiles. That's... Parents would leave their kids with him because yeah. he was like a nice old man. Yeah. But his eyes were dead. And his the past was, was a bad fish. place. 
What was that nickname that he had when the he was The Gray Man. No, the one they gave him when he was growing up because it's... Oh, his ham name. and eggs or something? Ham and eggs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that should be the moral of the story. Yeah. Don't give people shitty I, nicknames. I feel like parents in the past just did not give a shit. Like, no. every, every story my parents have told me about growing up, it always starts like, yeah, my parents were nowhere around. They just... Yeah, I was everybody like, was a latchkey kid. Yeah, I was like five years old, my parents just turned me loose into the world, said, don't come back till sundown, don't care what you do. Yeah. My, my grandfather uh, just gave my... I don't know if he gave this to them, but he had a, a gun from World War II that was just not locked up or anything. Cool. And I don't think he gave this to my dad, but I think he was in a place my dad knew where to get to it. And so he and my uncle just played with this, and they left this somewhere. And my grandfather's reaction to this was not, oh, my God, you guys had a gun that you were playing with as children. It was, why did you lose my gun? I'm angry that this gun is now rusted and useless. That is... Oh, my God. Well, it was, like, that whole thing. Like, in the 70s and even in the 80s, like, that's why so many kids got kidnapped because their parents were, like, just walk home from school and hang out and do whatever you want. And then when we get home, we'll do family stuff until then take care of yourself. Um, And then kidnappers were like, hey, it's really easy to get kids because there's no parents. They just, like, leave them outside. Yeah. Uh, It was, like, the easiest thing in the world to just kidnap kids. Yeah, sometimes I think we've overcorrected. Yeah, I I think that's true. But it was too easy before. Too easy. My mom... Fish in a barrel. My mom, when she was... This would have been, like, pre-kindergarten. So she's, like, a really little kid. And she'd just wander off on her own. And she'd, like, go to the elementary school and, like, look in the windows and, like, want to be in kindergarten. And she just like crawl That's into so the yeah, and she'd like crawl into the dumpster and like look for gum and just like chew that. And like her parents were nowhere around. She was not even kindergarten age, and they were just letting her do whatever she that wanted. That is shocking. To yeah, me. but I bet she has a pretty solid immune system now. I'm I'm sure because of chewing other people's gum. Right. That yeah. is a real treasure. She'd also uh, look for like streets that had just been paved. And she'd take, like, the tar and just, like, chew that. Because to, like, a four-year-old, like, yeah, this is pretty much gum. <laughs> Does your mom have teeth? <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that is super funny. Um, Love you, Mom. My... She, she, um, she has this thing where she is worried... She's concerned that I don't make jokes enough about her in my stand-up and on this podcast. But she's, at the same time, she's like... I don't know that I would... I feel like I'd be upset if you were making jokes. I feel like it's, like, too easy almost. Like, you don't even have to make a joke. You just tell a story about how your mom used to, like, wander around the neighborhood eating tar. I think she'd be okay with me telling that story. I'll, I'll confirm with her before I put this out. Sure, but that's I, fair. I don't think she... I, I mean, I think it's just a perfect example story. Yeah. Really. I mean, we think, like, oh... Everything was so long. When my mom was going to school, she was a kindergartner in the late 60s, early 70s. And she would have to get up in the morning in the winter, and she and her brother would go downstairs by a coal or a wood-burning fireplace. I don't remember which one it was, because that was the only heat in the house, so mm. we could get dressed to go to school. And I was like, Jesus Christ, this is a little pr- little house on the prairie? Yeah. Like, 
No, it was not. It's a, a metropolitan city. This is your parents? My mom. This, was she in Kentucky at this point? Yeah. Because you're from Kentucky, obviously. Yeah, but she was living in Louisville then okay. with her family. So it was a big city. Okay. Um, I... I mean, I'm not the person to, to, to say this as someone who's from Virginia, but I think of anything Kentucky as being so rural, and basically it's all just like this Wild West state to me. Kind of. I mean, there's something about it that, like, West Virginia's, like, got that whole wild and wonderful thing, but, like, uh-huh. there are parts of Kentucky that are the same way. They're basically the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, when she told me that story, I was like, shut the fuck up. You are kidding me right now. And then they go wait for the bus. And I was just like... The past was a bad place. Every time I hear someone who's like, I want to, I just really think I like belong in the 60s. I'm like, no, yeah. I don't. I like it's, the internet. Yeah. I like Netflix. And Every, seamless. Everyone who thinks like, oh, this decade was better, that they're leaving out like the sexism and the racism and the, the medicine not being what it is and all the technology. This is the best time ever to be alive. Yeah. No question. Sure. I uh, saw somebody post something on the internet the other day that was like, uh, make America great again, because it was like, go back to the 50s and Uh those values, and someone commented on it and was like, yeah, back when uh, income tax was high enough to actually support government programs and um, people could afford to have a one-income household and live comfortably, and I was like... Boom. And so the person wrote back and was like, no, we mean the racism stuff. (laughs) (laughs) It was great. I uh, thanks Tumblr. That one was. <laughs> so Batman and Robin, as they're just standing by this bush, they just mention for no reason that Professor Hamill, the the guy who invented the remote control machine, uh, lives nearby. Mm-hmm. So they sneak onto Hamill's property, and Hamill's bodyguard tries to shoot Batman. Right. Batman dives at him, and then they just silently wrestle for almost a full minute. There's no talking or sounds. No. Totally silent like wrestling. It was awkward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was weird. It was it was too long and too quiet. And then the bodyguard stands up and just exclaims, Batman? Like he, like he didn't realize the cape thing for the past. He was just wrestling with him for a minute, and he didn't figure out that this that this was Batman. And then he was like, oh, I was looking for a prowler, which sounds so fake. Yeah. So Batman asked why the guy shot at them. I just made this note, like, maybe because he's a masked guy sneaking around on private property in the middle of the night? Maybe that's why he tried to shoot him? That seems fair if he's working security. Yeah. Honestly, it's astonishing how infrequently Batman gets shot at. I would shoot at Batman if I just saw him for making me watch the series. (laughs) Like, there's... I mean, it's one thing... To at some point, I mean, victim blaming is one thing, but this is like this is like if Batman walked into a bar and just whipped out his dick and took a piss in someone's drink and said, "Why did you try and punch me?" <laughs> like at some point, you got to take yeah. what you're. No, Batman. I feel like it's like that consistently all of the time. Yeah, where you're just like, "What? Yeah, why did you do that?" And right. He's like, "I'm Batman." He's like that friend who just always has terrible things happen to them and at some point you're like this can't some of this has to be your fault right like there's no way that this just keeps happening no one is always the victim when this many things are going on no it's impossible i mean i guess not but pretty much 
uh, Batman sees someone else sneaking around and then punches that guy, brings them into the house to in- and brings them into the house to interrogate them. Then it cuts to Batman, Robin, Professor Hamill, the burglar, and the bodyguard all standing on one side of the table like the Last Supper. Batman threatens to take the burglar to the police, and uh, and then Hamill asks what everyone is doing in his house, which I thought was such a weird line because it's. Like, they're all standing together. It feels like Hamill... There should have been some dialogue, like, Use off camera. Use your context clues. Yeah. yeah. It feels like they would have said something. Um, so Batman starts interrogating the burglar, who pulls out a cigar and sticks it in his mouth. And then Batman offers him a light, and he declines. He said, oh, this isn't a lighting cigar. This is just for sucking. And Batman's like, I know what that's like. <laughs> um... Uh, Batman breaks open the cigar and finds some microfilm. Burglar reve- uh, the burglar reveals that it's blueprints for Hamill's machine to neutralize the remote control machine. Which, out of nowhere. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah, th- there was no lead up to this. It's right. just apparently Professor Hamill has this machine to neutralize this machine. Could have cut the last, like, 12 parts of this story. Yeah. Um, also, though, I feel like they could sell those cigars to people going to music festivals and make a lot of money. So, like, sneak stuff in with. Oh, yeah. I, that's actually a great idea. Yeah, because I think Batman had to actually kind of, like, tear up the yeah. cigar. It wasn't just, like, a twist off. Oh, you could 100% put drugs into it. You don't think it'd be weird, though, if you're going into a music festival with, like, a bunch of cigars? I think that there have definitely been weirder things brought to music music festivals, and I think if you dressed like hipstery enough, then they would just be like, "That's fine." I'm just picturing some fat guy in like a three piece suit with like a mustache and a monocle. Just excuse me, is this the EDM festival? Okay, but recently on an episode of Difficult People, John Mulaney played um, a guy who was part of a super hipster group in Brooklyn. That's like the old timers and they like ride those big bikes that have like the giant wheel at the front and a little one at the back and they like <laughs> are super super into all of that like oh we live like the Edwardian people so like it's possible you also, know what that actually is not that far fetched yeah if you don't watch that show you need to watch it I'll, I'll have to check it out immediately I'll check it out even just that one so microphone we have it yeah um so Bruce Wayne hands over the film to the police not Batman Bruce Wayne hands this over, mm. and he has this this elaborate like, "Oh, Batman wanted me to tell you to give that he found this this film and to give this to you." Why does Batman not do this? Why does Bruce Wayne hand this over? You know, I don't know. I got a theory that the the only thing I could come up with is I think maybe they rented the bat suit. And it was, like, rented, like, by the hour. And, like, they just couldn't. They and just, Alfred was like, I'm sorry, you can't have it unless you pay some more money for it. <laughs> oh, that, too. I just meant, like, like the, 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 just oh. did not. <laughs> they just didn't have the budget for the bad suit that You're day. Like, oh, that's, it's too much. We yeah. can't do it. We're just going to have to do this scene as Bruce Wayne. We just can't afford. It is confusing how they switch back. and Like, there's no real context of when he's Bruce and when he's Batman. Yeah, and it doesn't really change his character. Like, no. he's working with the police in both contexts. It doesn't really make sense for him as Bruce Wayne to be working with the police, but he's still doing it. Now I kind of wish Bruce Wayne had a monocle. Because you brought up the guy with the cigars. Yeah. It's kind that of, would be fancy. 
this kind of feels a lot like Lewis Wilson, how we talked about how he was an FBI agent and it would just make more sense if he just did this in like a suit instead of being Batman. Yeah. And if he was just an FBI agent, this, a lot of this feels like it would make more sense that this was just Bruce Wayne being like a detective. Well, and honestly, maybe this is stupid and naive of me, and I don't understand Batman completely, but I don't know why Commissioner Gordon isn't in on the whole Batman secret that Batman and Bruce Wayne are the same, because it seems like he should be. Like, it seems like that would be an important thing for being Batman and being Bruce Wayne. Like, if either one of them ever ended up in places they shouldn't be in, then he would be like, oh, I know this, but then he could still pretend like, oh, it's Batman. I don't know that there's a great reason. I... I guess it's always a little unclear how much Gordon knows and how how much he knows, I think, kind of varies from one movie or one comic to the next. And I think there have been some where it's kind of implied that he does know, but he's just not, like, officially saying it. I, I guess the only Like thing, it's unspoken. Yeah, I guess the only thing I could say is that officially... Batman is working outside the law and he's a vigilante and Gordon can't be totally on his side because he's a police officer. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I mean, at the same time, he's got a spotlight on his top of his building to call him. It's not exactly a secret that they're working together. How many people have bat signals? Because it looks like just Commissioner Gordon. Uh... I don't know that there's anyone else in in any Batman movie or comic that I'm aware of. Huh. Because it's a big... I mean, it's like a giant spotlight. It's not something you could easily just put anywhere. Right. Well, I mean, in this one, it's kind of the size of a phonograph. Yeah. Yeah, this one is... It actually looks like a phonograph. It looks like a... uh, We don't see this until later, but it it looks like a TV with like a phonograph sticking out the back. Yeah, and it's always, like, even if it's sunny, when Alfred looks outside, like, it's always cloudy enough, you can see the bat signal. Yeah, and in this, it's not, like, on top of the roof. It's, like, in Commissioner Gordon's office. window. It's almost yeah, like yeah. an overhead projector. Yes, that's exactly what it's like. Yeah. It's like an overhead projector who just sticks out the window. It's exactly like that. Um, so, um, Commissioner Gordon interrogates uh, Bernie Brown or whoever the... the Barry Brown. Barry Brown. He, he interrogates Barry Brown, the, the radio announcer, um, about uh, who, who's been revealing the wizard's plans. Gordon leaves the office for a moment, and the broadcaster reads a confidential memo on Gordon's desk. Commissioner Gordon comes back, and the broadcaster leaves. Batman and Robin step out from behind the curtain and tell Gordon that Brown read the memo just like they planned. This is actually... A decent plan. Yeah. Yeah. This is... <laughs> it's not... It, our, our standards have, are so low for this that, like, any time it feels like there's some kind of pre-planned... They're not just acting randomly. Right. I feel like we have to point this out. And we're like, wow, that's really good detective work. Yeah. Like, oh my God, Sherlock Holmes. You're not just making guesses based on no evidence. There are some things later on, though, that I'm like, there's no way. That man would not have figured that out. There's a lot of things. Yeah. You're like, you're not that smart. We've been watching. (laughs) So the the broadcaster tells the public, he goes on the radio, tells the public that the government has built a neutralizer and it's being transported today. In an armored car. In an armored car. 
him, uh, him, Professor Hamill gripes that he designed the neutralizer and no one else has a right to build this. Which, of course, you're like flagging it as like, oh, he's definitely the wizard then. Right. Yeah. So the wizard, it then cuts to the wizard who's saying that he's aware of the neutralizer. So he's been working on, and then he stops himself before he says what he's been working on. And he says that the neutralizer must be destroyed, which we, we have not watched the final part of this. We, we stop because we don't want to find out who the wizard is. It, we want to be able to predict this legitimately. And we'll uh, watch this at the end of the podcast. But it's so far that has not met up with what we see the wizard do. Right. He does not try and destroy the neutralizer. It doesn't seem like he's been working on something that... I mean, did this make sense to you? Also, not to be spoilery, but, like, he actually needs the neutralizer for yeah. his plans that are coming up, so why would been... he want to destroy it? Exactly. Wouldn't it make more sense if it had the parts for him to say, like, get those parts, that'll save me a lot of time? Right. You know what I, I suspect? It, it, it feels like they were just writing this week to week, and they had no plan going forward. Oh, that makes sense. I don't think they know who the wizard is. I don't think they know what the wizard's plan was. I think they were just focusing on, like, how are we going to fill 15 minutes this right. week? And we'll come up with something for we'll next week. We'll figure it out next week. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's any overarching plan for this whole serial. Because some of it is confusing. And a lot of things, it feels like they're setting up something, and then it never comes back. A lot of things, they say one thing, and then the next week does not match up with that. Or, like, at the end of an episode, they'll be like, and also see what happened and how Vicki Vale got in trouble. And you're like, what? She wasn't even in this... She wasn't even in this one. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm confused. So, the armored car... Yeah. ...is on the road. Batman and Robin and the police radio back and forth along the armored car's path, waiting for it to be attacked. Because Robin's in it. Yeah, Robin's in the, the back of the car. Batman's, like, in the Batmobile on the side of the road. The police are stationed at other points along the side of the road. So the bad guys block the road, forcing the armored car over to the side. And then they drop a smoke grenade in the back of the car? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why is there a hole in the top of this armored car? It is also a submarine. <laughs> There's just, like, a sunroof in the armored car? Those long army drives. <laughs> um, I actually have no idea. I thought it was super weird, and also I think that they get stuff out of it, but they don't notice Robin. They leave him yeah, there. Yeah, and they also they open the driver's side door. It seems like the car, this armored car, doesn't have locks. It also is basically a mail truck. Yeah, no, As absolutely. To like a real armored car. It looks like a UPS truck, but with doors. Yeah, that's exactly what it looks like. I think, again, this is like a production value thing. I don't think they could afford an armored car that looks real. I don't think they could... This is just lazy writing. They just couldn't figure out a way that these criminals could attack an armored car. Right. They Maybe they just didn't have the budget to have explosives. Maybe, but then... So they're like... So Robin gets in the car... He's driving it, and suddenly there's an airstrike. Yeah. Well, the, the criminals, like, leave for a second, then Robin gets out of the back. He right. gets in the front. To follow them. Was he following them? I thought he was driving away. I think he's following them. No, I think he was driving away because then they started attacking him. But why would they attack him if he was driving away? Because they got all the stuff out of the back of it. I don't think they did. I think they were trying to destroy the neutralizer. Oh, you know what? They didn't because 
they bomb him off the road. Yeah. And the truck goes off the side of the road. Robin jumps out just in time. Right. Uh, uh, which is, I thought that was going to be the end of the episode, but you're right. He did not. No, wait, that was the end, that of, the was the end yeah, of the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they, um, Robin radios Batman. They, he gets in the driver's seat, drives away, uh, start bombing him. I, I didn't understand what their plan was. I No, and I was also like, why would you try to bomb the car that you're trying to get the stuff out of? Yeah, I mean, I didn't understand what Batman's plan was in this. It felt like he had a plan. I liked that it, he seemed to have a plan, but was he trying Maybe to... Maybe he's trying to get rid of Dick. <laughs> Robin hate Batman uh, hates Dick. Batman may hate Dick now. Batman is over Dick. Batman got too close to Dick. And Batman had too much Dick. Batman's done with Dick. Batman had too much Dick to lose. <laughs> so, but w- did he think that the criminals were going to hijack the car and take it back to their base, and, and then Robin maybe could like Robin could help him, like could tell him how to get there and whatever? Maybe. That's the but only... it doesn't seem like this group of criminals, like Daka's criminals. Yeah, they definitely were into the whole like let's kidnap and use you for information. Mm-hmm. This group of criminals does not seem like that. Yeah, They're like we're just going to leave you unconscious on the side of the road. Yeah, I, but maybe he thought that they weren't going to look in the back. Maybe they thought they were just going to hijack the car, take it back to their warehouse, and then Robin would jump out. Maybe. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. This plan is not clear at all. Maybe it'll clear up in the next episode. Also, the the title, Robin Rides the Wind. How did you feel about that title? I don't this. feel like he rode the wind. I feel like he just jumped out of a car, and it wasn't even like a cool like jump off of like a roof or anything. He didn't even jump out in this part. You find out in the next beginning, of the next part, he jumped out of the car. Well, I mean, technically, he jumps out in this part, but like, yeah, but you, you don't, don't see know it. that until yeah. the next one. You just see the car jump off the cliff, drive off the cliff, right? And it like goes we've seen like thirty down. times right. already. It's the same footage every time. I yeah, think. <laughs> yeah. I think there's some where I, I don't know enough about cars to be able to spot this, but I think I, I read online that. There are several instances where it's the wrong car. You see one car driving over the cliff, and it's a totally different car. Well, also, you're not interested enough to be paying attention that closely. No, I'm paying zero attention. Yeah, to this. it's I hate basically this. you're just like, God, fucking damn it, gotta no. write about these stupid fucking things. <laughs> That's literally how I'm like. Yeah. When I, and sometimes I zone out, and then I come back in, and I'm like, looking at my notes later on, and it's like a two and a half minute gap in my notes there's so many times where i don't understand something and i stop and i go back and i try and rewatch it to get it and it's always a mistake it never clears anything up anytime i don't understand something it's not the fault of me not paying attention it's the fault of this not making any sense no it just doesn't it's not real yeah so the next part episode 14 13 13 the wizard's challenge which sounds like a harry potter thing but it's not cool it would have been so much better if this was Harry Potter. Yeah, we should have done a Harry Potter, Harry podcast. God, God damn, damn it! it. We dibs. Fucked up. We called dibs yeah. on that. We fucked up so bad with the name of this podcast. This is so hard for anyone to search for. You know what? We can do Harry podcast next. That yeah. one I won't even get tired of. Like <laughs> that would have been a way more fun podcast yeah. to do. Harry podcast. Yeah. God damn it, Danny. Anyway. Robin is revealed to have jumped out of the fucking car. Who could have seen that coming? Everyone who's seen any of these serial episodes. Yeah. yeah. This has happened 47 times. Yeah. Over the course. But this time, Batman, like, super speedily comes up 
the road and like Robin just gets in the car and they leave. Yeah. And it was weird. Batman was driving all crazy and like wiggling around on the road. Yeah. And the criminals, they definitely did not get the neutralizer out of the car before because they go down to where the car crashed and they go looking for the neutralizer. They find a box and like a, like a giant, it looks like a, like a footlocker, like a big box. And without opening it, they declare that there's no neutralizer in this box. Therefore, the neutralizer has disappeared. Well, the and box Batman has outsmarted like, them. Fell open. It was like a refrigerator box, like one of those old wooden crates, and yeah. it was like open. But I also legitimately don't think that they put the neutralizer parts in the truck. I don't think they did, car. but it felt like they spent no effort looking for this. They just said, this wasn't in the Walked first place the we looked. No, nah, it's not here. <laughs> like when you were a kid and your mom would send you to look for something, yeah. and, and you were like, you'd like, she'd be like, oh, it's in the living room, and you like walk in, and you're like, I don't see it, I don't think it's here. You're going to have to find it. And she's like, I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs> it's on the mantle. I don't, I don't know, mom. I don't, I don't see it on the, you sure it's on the mantle? She like walks in and just like picks it up and you're like, oh. Like it didn't occur to them that this may have come out of the box, that maybe it wasn't it in the box. It could be under something. It was under something. Maybe it, it was still in down the car. The hill. They, they, made, they said, nope, not in the box. Not here. There's also like four of them and they don't split up to look. Yeah. It's just like all four of them together like walk up to this box and they're like, well, nothing here to see, fellas. The wizard's going to be pretty angry about this one. Batman has outsmarted us. Again, which is sad. If Batman has outsmarted you. Yeah. Then. You're dumb. You should be in a short bus for your (laughs) bad guy. A short armored car. Short armored car. Commissioner Gordon calls Professor Hamill, asking him to come to his office to ask him a scientific question. Literally, it was like, Hamill was like, why? And Gordon was like, uh, I gotta ask you some questions about, uh, science. Yeah. I don't think he ever goes to Gordon's office, does he? You know, I do not think so. This is... This is a recurring problem with this series, is that they set things up and just make no effort. There's no payoff. Well, I think that there was a reason for this one, kind of. Um, well, he, he says he's going to ask him a scientific question. Then Hamill agrees, and he hangs up, and then he says, ah, well, Gordon's only trying to ask about my neutralizer. And he then, does reveal he has a secret workshop. Though. Yeah. He tells his butler he has a secret workshop. And, like, without being asked, he just volunteers this information. Right. They're really trying to set up that he is the wizard. Right, which is what we thought all along. But now it seems so obvious. I'm starting to think it's too obvious. Oh, I agree. Especially because then the wizard orders his men to come to Hamill's house at the same time. The only thing that's making me unsure, it seems like it's... If this was a good movie, I would say it's too obvious. With this, I have no idea. It could be that it's too obvious. It could just be lazy writing. Well, it's also confusing because Hamill's character kind of changes the whole time. Like, he's consistently (laughs) an asshole, but then sometimes he's very helpful to the police, and sometimes he's not, and, like, sometimes he's in a wheelchair, and now he's not. Yeah, it it comes up a little later, but there's a a scene where he's just not in a wheelchair, and no one acknowledges this. He's, like, standing up at his desk, and his uh, manservant comes in, and he's like, why didn't you knock? 
uh, what? Yeah. You're just standing there. I'm right. like, what the fuck? And there's like a machine that he gets in, like a, that electric chair where he just like comes. Well, that's if he's the wizard. Well, no, no, not. No, 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 because we do see him in his wheelchair yeah. get out of it. Yeah, he gets into the electric chair, then he like jizzes his pants, and then he can walk. And But nobody knows he has this chair. Have you seen, this is a little off topic, but um, have you seen the episode of South Park with the um, stem cell research? Yes. So when Christopher Reeves is like sucking the insides yeah, out of yeah. babies. That's basically what this machine is. <laughs> and like, he's but nobody just like knows sucking baby insides, and then he can. Nobody walk. knows he has this machine though, right? And they see him just walking around, and no one reacts to the fact that this guy, who's been paralyzed this whole time, can suddenly walk. It's a miracle. Jesus is the wizard. Bum bum bum. That would Religion. be a great twist. Uh, um. So then Hamill's like, "Hey, uh, manservant, whose name we find out is Carter." Yeah. Uh-huh. He's like, I want you to take this neutralizer. I want you to walk it. I want you to use your legs instead of a car. Well, hold on. Before that, Vicki Vale comes by looking to, to take pictures of Professor Hamill. Do you think that the, the manservant let her take pictures of Professor Hamill? What do you think based on how everyone reacts to, uh, to Vicky wanting to take pictures? He doesn't let her take pictures. <gasps> What a surprise. He does not. He says, Dr. Hamill does not allow pictures in the house, which is a little weird. Why won't anyone let Vicky take pictures? She's like, I'm just a photographer trying to do my job, you guys. Like, I've got a blog to run, and I don't want to take wedding pictures. No one would let her take their picture. No. Why does she want to take Professor Hamill? Is she like a reporter? She is, I think. I think she, or- like, puts together the stories. And then sends it to men who write the stories because girls can't write or of course, do things. Obviously. But this is, the, the name of her magazine is like Picture Magazine or Photograph Magazine. It's something like that. I wanted to say it was people, but it was a different kind of way to say people. It was like humans or like No, I definitely I wrote it down somewhere. It's Picture or Photograph, something Photography Magazine, <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Instagram, the magazine. Vicky Vale is a real photographer magazine. <laughs> this is a real job. I have it. I'm kind of wondering if, because she never has like a journalist along with her. Like how Lois Lane is like a, a journalist, and then she has uh, Jimmy Olsen there right. to take pictures. There's no journalist taking to, to write the story. Just her. I wonder if maybe she's like an art photographer. She also has no press pass ever. Right. So for anything. So maybe if she had an actual press pass, some of these places would let her in. I doubt it because it's, that would ruin so many things of her getting not yeah. pictures. And also just a lot of the things she wants to photograph, it doesn't seem like they're necessarily news stories. And right. so, so maybe if she's an art photographer of some kind, it would make more sense like human interest stuff yeah or, or just like a, like a not even human interest but like if there's no story to go with this it's just purely the photographs and it's just like a showcasing the photographs i don't know i feel like a lot of them are like human interest because it's like criminals and like this doctor who invented this thing that's causing wreaking havoc and like whatever so i feel like it's kind of semi-journalistic it's almost like a national geographic thing but not we're three and a half hours into this. We're still not clear what type of 
photographer she is. I really stumbled over that word. That was a hard word. That was you a, did a good job. A tough word. Well, that's because um, I think unlike now, when you know you have a friend that gets a photographer, like gets a camera, and it's like, oh, look at my all my pictures I took, and it's like still lives of I don't know used condoms and like landscapes, and you're like, wow, this is great, and they're like, I'm a photographer now. Hmm. Okay, here's my headcanon. Okay. Vicky Vale, back then, not everyone had uh, cameras, photography, not easy to do. Uh, film is precious, and they don't want her to just waste this film on anything. They're like, Vicky, you need to save these for a real news story. Can't just be taking photographs all the time. You're too eager to take photographs. Stop trying to do your job. Yeah. It's very annoying. I'm trying to find a way this makes sense. Nobody will let her do her job, her totally reasonable job. I just feel like a lot of people treat it like it's a hobby for her. Yeah, exactly. 100%. They're acting like this is a hobby, that she's just buzzing around being annoying. This is, she has an office. She has an official job and a title this is a real this is yeah legitimately her job this is her job like people the police call her to use they're treating her like cameras. this is some pie in the sky dream of being a photographer that, that she could never possibly achieve she has like achieved the cameras this. like physically too heavy for her yeah to she has literally achieved this already she is a photographer right but she just doesn't take pictures yeah <laughs> she's not allowed to take pictures no one lets her yeah um there's also i don't maybe this is I, I don't like this about Vicky that I feel like she should be more... Like, if this was Lois Lane, she wouldn't just take no for an answer. She'd be like, you say I can't report in this story? Well, fuck you. I'm going to sneak around. I'm going to get those pictures and get this story anyway. Vicky Vale always takes no for an answer. Someone says she can't take a photograph. She's like, well, what am I going to do? A man said I couldn't do this. I feel like sometimes she gets pissed about it, but I think also the thing is... I think Vicky is a direct response to people probably after the first one being like, Linda fucking sucked. Yeah. And so sometimes when she's being really wishy-washy, I forget she's Vicky and I write down that she's Linda in my notes. I'm serious. So I think they're like trying to make her a more developed character. And she's definitely better than Linda. But they're like, but she's still a woman. Yeah. We don't know what to do with them. <laughs> you know, this, this totally feels like a... It feels like a bunch of little boys are just playing Batman and Robin. And the one kid has a Batman costume that his mom made him. Mm-hmm. And then his sister wants to play with them. And they don't want her to be a part of it. But their mom says she has to be allowed to. So they're like, okay, you can be the photographer. So she's constantly like, oh, I'll take a picture now. They're like, no, you can't take a picture now. We're, Actually, we're doing other things. That's perfect. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. They were like, we have to put a woman in this. Yeah. So that everyone doesn't think Batman's gay. You're right. Um, so at, on, at the bare minimum, the bare minimum of one women. woman has right. to be in it. Um, so I just like this part when Dr. Hamill asks Carter to take the neutralizer to the research plant at once. He has him go on foot yeah. carrying this big box. Yeah. And I'm like, you have a car. It's a, it obviously cannot be that time sensitive or worthy of protection. Right. If you're not putting him in a car, unless you actually want the wizard's men to get the box. Yeah. This is the moment where I started to suspect that Carter is the wizard. Not because it makes any sense, not because it has anything to do with anything, but the actor sounded kind of similar to the wizard. 
mm. and has is kind of a similar build, similar height. Carter's also a douchey name. It is a douchey name. So the criminals jump Carter and they take the neutralizer. Batman and Robin just happen to be nearby. Batman <laughs> fights. Robin immediately <laughs> runs away in terror. Just But someone still beats him up. Yeah, someone chases after him and beats him up. Why is Robin... Someone chases after him. Yeah. Robin lays down on the ground. The person goes over him and he gets back up yeah. to try to fight. Right. Which is hilarious. <laughs> uh, Batman does a cool thing, though, where he like takes two bad guys and just like beats their heads together a couple yeah. of times. I was like... Batman, you can kind of fight. Yeah, Batman can definitely fight better than in the last one. Robin fights much worse. But, like, funnier. Right. But I just, this is... He basically stopped, drop, and roll. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly that's what he did. his fighting exactly, method. <laughs> just run away and then just play Stop, dead. drop, and roll, that's it. He's, like a bear. Yeah, that's exactly. He fights like he's fighting a bear. Yeah, he's that's just like, exactly, play dead. Yeah. I'm dead. Go get Batman. Yeah. <laughs> These are don't, not the droids you're looking for. Don't climb a tree. Criminals can, can climb faster than they can run. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Make sure you tie your food up at night. Criminals are more afraid of you than you are of them. I don't think bears are more afraid of us than we are of them. The, you, the, way, the way to keep from getting beaten up by a criminal, you got to tie some bells to your belt, make a lot of noise so they don't get startled. So they can hear you coming. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Fair. Also... Never travel with a honeypot. Yeah. Because bears love honey. <laughs> um, so uh, Batman gets the neutralizer. He brings the box back to Hamill. But when they open it, they find the box is empty. Hamill accuses Carter. And Carter says that the box felt too light and it was always empty. And that the seal hadn't been broken. Right. And uh, everyone leaves, and Hamill starts dialing the phone. Then it, it cuts immediately to the wizard in his headquarters, fiddling with knobs and dials in his workshop. And then a, a criminal... Straight up, I thought, because it was making that like buzzy noise, I really thought that Hamill was calling the wizard when they first cut to that. Yeah. It was making that high-pitched noise. I was like, what? I don't think he's supposed to be calling anyone in particular. It feels like that's setting up for something. So far, it has not paid off. And we have one episode left. Right. Uh, so the criminal teleports in with the neutralizer. The wizard tries to explain this really con- convoluted uh, pseudoscience about the disintegration ray from the remote merging with the neutralizer ray. And then he puts on a giant Flavor Flav style amulet. I wrote that exact thing. That's exactly what it looks wrote- like. First, I'll put on one of Flava Flav's clock necklaces yeah. and, t- like, tune it into both machines. And you know what it looked like? It looked like if, like, Flavor Flav existed in, like, medieval Rome and or, like, ancient Rome, so it was, like, a, like an hourglass instead kind of, of a, yes. a, a clock. It looked like um, Dr. Doom was wearing a Flavor Flav necklace, and that's what we were going with That's there. exactly what it that's exactly it. Um, my favorite thing, just jumping in real quick here, the line he says before that, so my plan worked right under their very noses, and they still don't know my identity, which made me curious because I was like, who is it? Is it Carter? Is it whatever? Who did this? It's right under their noses. There's that's, only 12 people that live in Gotham, apparently. So That's one thing they're definitely doing better than the last serial, is there, there is legitimately some mystery about who the wizard is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is I don't kind of, have any idea who he is. I've got 
theories, but I it could totally be. I just feel like at this point it could be anyone. Like yeah. if they were like it was Vicky, I would be like, well. Yeah, that's one thing they're not doing well because I have no faith in the writers to come up with like an explanation that makes sense. Right. So it could be anyone, and there could be a mountain of evidence that contradicts it being that person. I, I it could I it could be anyone. So uh, the wizard turns on the the rays. Then he starts playing with his amulet and he becomes invisible. Yeah. The, the wizard explains that he can only become invisible for a short period of time, and then he says, "Now I'll announce my plan to my enemies and <laughs> defy them to stop me." Which is fair because he'll be invisible. Right. He's not a good criminal. He's not a smart man. No, but this is actually, I think, like this whole invisibility thing. I feel like that's something that hadn't really been done at this point in this kind of a series. Like, maybe in the comic books, hmm. but not in, like, any kind of screen I feel like the stuff. Invisible Man had to have come out by this point. Wasn't that in, like, the 20s or the 30s? Maybe, but I feel like um, in this kind of format, in something that's, like, for the general public and, like, for kids and stuff. I, I mean, it's great as, for something that's as low budget as this, they can just have somebody not be on screen and then that's the special effect is right. that they're invisible but they do a good job with it like the special effect of him opening and closing that door like they do an okay job like that's pretty good they, they there's some some parts where he's supposed to be holding things so you can kind of see some wires oh yeah well i think i'm just comparing it to the last one so much yeah that, like, yeah our this is like standards inception. are very low uh i just love that he's 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 the worst criminal to just... You, you're not supposed to announce your plan to your enemies. To be fair, though, that's a common trope in bad guys, that they yeah. like to do those long speeches. That is true. That is true. So but maybe he's, this is where it comes from. This is not like him getting like caught up in the moment. This is He's like sets out to announce very specifically. And normally that's like, my enemy is in a death trap and there's no way they can get out of this, so I'm going to revel in this genius plan. He's like... Hey guys, just want to let you know, gonna be stealing this thing at two o'clock. Uh, hope that works for you. Good luck stopping me. Yeah. So Barry Brown, the reporter, reports that the wizard will steal the plans for a super jet plane at three o'clock, and he defies anyone to stop him. Which seems like it would be easier to do without telling everyone. Yeah. It doesn't seem to. I, I guess he just gets off on being smarter and better than people. But he's not. He's not. No. But Commissioner Gordon hears this, and yeah. so he shines the bat signal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Alfred calls Batman to tell him that Gordon is shining the bat signal, and he just hands up, he just hangs up the phone, just without saying Batman's anything. Batman's such a dick to Alfred. He's a bat dick. Bat dick. Bat dick could be their couple name. <laughs> Like Benifer. Yeah, Bat Dick. Commissioner Gordon and all... Commissioner Gordon and uh, the Batman and Robin and everyone, they're all standing around talking about whether or not to take this plan seriously. Batman says he thinks that the wizard is planning a surprise attack. And I I wrote down, someone needs to buy him a dictionary. Because that is not what surprise means. Is it a surprise if they tell you they're going to do it? It's not a surprise if you announce the thing you're going to rob and the time you're going to rob it. That's not a surprise. That's like um, planning a party for yourself 
where you're like going to invite everybody yeah. and tell them the time, but then yeah. show up late and be like, oh my God, you guys, a surprise party. Yeah. <laughs> I'm having me? a surprise party for myself. Can you make it? Yeah, exactly. It's not a surprise. Uh, so the plans are in this vault. And so Batman stands guard. The wizard becomes invisible and he just straight up walks into an army base. Yeah. Like, I, I get that he's invisible. But he, like, swings that gate very wide. There's no locks in this army base. That's true. That's just a shut gate. Yeah. There's, there's no lock on this gate. They're like, let's see him get past this. Let's, this closed chain link fence. Let's see him get through this unlocked gate. Which also, we'll bring up later. Never mind. So he knocks out a guard, and then Batman decides to lock himself in the vault. And then Robin, Gordon leaves, and Robin tries to leave, too. So Batman, uh, Robin's, like, trying to run away before anything has even happened. Well, there, so Gordon's like, but how will you breathe? And Batman's like, I have an oxygen inhaler if I need it. That's Which not is a like, thing. All right, utility belt for something. But it comes up later where I'm like, no way did you yeah. survive that. That's also, I like that he has a gadget. Mm-hmm. But it feels like he's, they're just relying on the one gadget. This keeps it's coming up. It's the nerdiest thing. It's not a great gadget, no. and they just keep using that same one. Also, can we just talk about, so the wizard gets past everybody. He sneaks yeah. into the room. Robin is playing with the fucking toy truck. Yeah, yeah, I wrote that down. Is, the, is Robin supposed to be, like, mentally challenged? Like, this is, he's sitting there alone he's playing with like a toy truck. He's loving it, too. He's yeah, like, he's so into it. He's like... This he's, is a truck. He's like lifting it up yeah. like you're dumping imaginary stuff out of it. He's not standing. He's supposed to be standing guard. He's not looking at the door. He's not paying attention. He's just really into this truck. I just want to be like, who left Robin with a toy? How old is he? He's supposed to be like an adult. I think he's supposed to be like 16 or 17, but that still feels a little old for trucks. That's way too old for trucks. <laughs> I stopped playing with trucks when I was like 15 <laughs> tops. I stopped playing with trucks as soon as I could drive one. <laughs> um, so the wizard knocks him out. Yeah, the wizard knocks out Robin with just a nameplate that was on the desk. He's not a fighter, that Robin. Yeah. And then he, he sets a bomb, which yeah. was the bomb just on the desk? Yep, just had a detonator in there. Seems bad. Why was there a bomb on the Poor desk? planning. They probably were like, Robin put this away, and he got distracted by the truck. <laughs> like. um, but so the the bomb goes off and results in a huge fireball. Yeah. Before he the bomb goes off, though, Batman checks his watch. I love this little detail that Batman carries around like a pocket watch. Batman, get over yourself. Batman's a total hipster. He's got like an old-timey gold pocket watch that he just carries with him. He's just rich. Uh, so the the bomb goes off, blowing off the door, presumably killing Batman. Uh, and that's the end. Batman is dead. That's the end of the serial. There's no more. It was the perfect ending. Yeah. That um, was... I wish that was the end. Me too. Because here's my thing. So we all know Batman didn't die. Right? Of course. So... <sighs> In the beginning of episode 14, Batman asks Robin, like, oh, who did this? And Robin's like, I don't know. They knocked me out. Forgot to talk about the truck. And Robin's (laughs) like, how did you survive? He's like, I stepped into the inner part of the vault. But he was wearing an oxygen tank when an explosion went off. 
he would have been dead. Yeah. Like, there's that's not me being cynical. I don't know a lot about science, but I've seen enough people that's on well established on this podcast. smoke cigarettes around an oxygen tank and it blows up. Yeah. That's, uh, I mean, this is one of those, there's a lot of these reveals of how Batman escapes is just really lazy. This is one of those where there's just not even... I can't even say this is the laziest one because we've had this a bunch of times already right. where there's just no explanation. I can't get over the elevator. Wheel. Yeah. Uh, so, so also this part is, this is episode 14, Batman versus Wizard. Not Batman versus the Wizard. Batman versus Wizard. It's more like Wizard as like a general concept of like of like what you personally think Wizard means. It's like when um, P Diddy just dropped the P. He's like the the P is getting between me and my fans. Was he, wasn't he like a mountain lion at one point? A mountain yeah, lion. Something else. I th- are you thinking of Snoop Dogg becoming Snoop Lion? Yes. Okay. Uh, tricky, tricky. <laughs> so I want to. Um, oh, I, I made a note of this. I did, I'm just going to talk about this. It's as good a time to talk about this as any. Every part of this, they on like the title card, they say Batman created by Bob Kane. Have you heard the whole controversy about the, the Bob Kane thing? No. So Batman, what? Uh, there's two guys who are kind of credited with creating Bo- uh, Batman, Bob Kane and then Bill Finger. Mm-hmm. And basically what happened, Bob Kane was uh, an artist who created a, a character in like a red jumpsuit with black, uh, like a black speedo, and he had like a little tiny domino mask and uh, blonde hair and no gloves, black boots, and giant bat wings coming out of his back. And he called him Batman. And Bill Finger was a writer who worked with him. He said, That character is hella dumb, but loving that name, let me take the name and make a totally different character. Right. And then Bill Finger went on to create Robin. He created Gotham City. He created the Joker, Catwoman, Peng- Penguin, the Riddler, just all the, the early villains, the Batmobile, uh, Alfred. Everything you think of when you think of Batman, you're, the utility belt, you're thinking of Bill Finger. Um, but Bob Kane had a thing in his contract with DC Comics where not only was he given credit for creating Batman, no one else was allowed to be given any share of the credit. What? And so everything from every Batman movie, comic, video game, it all says created by Bob Kane. For until like really recently, there's there's been a big uh, legal battle that finally, in like the last like ten years, they now say created by Bob Kane and Bill Finger. But Bob Kane became insanely wealthy. Bill Finger died very poor. That's crazy. Yeah. Also, what a dick. Yeah. No wonder Batman's such a dick. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck him. Yeah. So. Is he alive still? No, they're both dead. We should go spit on his grave. <laughs> we'll find it. There's a big thing. That was like a recurring thing in comics back in the day. Like Siegel and Schuster, the guys who created Superman. Yeah. Uh, did not own the rights to that character. Right. They made. They got like fifty bucks and like a sandwich for the rights to that character. Right. And then DC went on to make millions and millions of dollars. Right. And they were, like, working in the mailroom of that. Who else? I know Schuster was Jewish, right? Was the other guy Jewish? I think they were Jew? both Jewish. I think so, too. I think it was, like, a a really cool thing to have these 
two Jewish guys create this character that's so American. Yeah. When it was, and like, it, and when America was so anti-Semitic in general, um, and then they were like, "Here, have some, have a Reuben." You know what they uh, based Superman off, where the idea came from? What? The idea of a. Uh, a, a golem. Yeah, like the, I was thinking about yeah, that. Yeah, like the the Jewish like monster protector right. thing that and like, you can make that like comes from the earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You make like a stone or like a clay figure, and he protects Jewish villages, and that's where the idea of Superman came from. Uh, and now you know now history you know. stuff. <laughs> so part fourteen, Robin uh, wakes up. We talked about all that. Uh, Batman interviews the guard who was standing right outside the door, who had been knocked out by the wizard. And he says something knocked him out before the explosion. And he is, I noticed this guard had some sort of accent. I couldn't place what it was, but could he be Hispanic? I don't know. My thing was with this guard, like, it didn't really look like he got hit over the head with anything. But it also didn't look completely like he was being strangled. And I was like, did he tase him? Like, just like zap. That's what it looked like to me. I was just excited about having the first character who may be a person of color. Honestly, possibly. it feels like something that he would have done as like a character choice to be like, this is how I'll be different from the other guards. <laughs> yeah, probably. It's, um, People suck. Yeah. And also the fact that I couldn't tell where his accent came from. It could have been French, could have been Hispanic. He doesn't have a lot of lines. The wizard's... Uh, the wizard's machines are getting too hot, so his henchman turns them off, turning the wizard visible. And a chase ensues with Batman, the wizard, and the guards. And all that's missing is yakety sacks in the background. Exactly. I had to. I actually went back and I replayed the scene playing yakety sacks over it. And it made you really happy. It made me really happy. I can imagine. I think yakety sacks can just work with any chase. I don't think it's just. This. I think there were still a lot of things. I really want to go back and I want to watch like some. Like serious, like well done chasing, like from James Bond or something, and just play yakety sacks over that. Yeah, and what see was that, that movie? Works. The um, the French. The French Connection. Yes, aren't there some like really cool car chases in that? Probably, I've never put seen some, it. Put some yakety sacks on that. Um, just the wizard. His disguise is not good for hiding or for running. Yeah. It's not good. The wizard. I want to remind people who aren't watching this. He's got a big old hood. And a giant cape with a very high collar. He's dressed all in black from head to toe, gloves, long pants, boots, the whole thing. And the Flavor Flav clock. And a, a Flavor Flav hourglass clock. Um, so the wizard uh, gets shot in the hand and he loses his glove. And I think they repeat chase footage in this. I, I There's probably. like a scene where like one cop's running and then two cops come from this side and they're chasing the wizard and then some other stuff happens and that exact same scene happens again and I was like did I just and I rewound it and they definitely just the same footage cut back in again I totally believe that this this whole thing it's so cheap and so low budget it's it's it feels kind of like um like Ed Wood where they're just doing like one take and he's like, perfect, we got it. And I'm like, well, wait, but the, the background, the scenery, like, fell down in the middle of it. Like, ah, it's fine. No one's going to notice that. Don't worry about it. Just yeah. keep going. <laughs> no one's going to notice. Um, so they, they open this door. I don't even know what this was a door to. It looks like a barn, but it's supposed to be like a military storage, storage thing. Yeah. And they find the, uh, this private detective, the guy who'd been snooping around on Professor Hamill's property. Done. Mr. Uh, 
And yeah. yeah. And uh, they find him sneaking around there. And his right hand is bleeding right where the wizard got shot. But he says he cut it on the barbed wire fence breaking into this space. I call BS on this because why would he have to climb over a barbed wire fence? Right. When one, there wasn't barbed wire on that chain link fence in the first place. And second of all, you can just walk through an unlocked gate. Right. And no one will and stop. And no one notices. No one will stop you. Um... The good news is the wizard did not get the plans to the airplane. Uh, but, but before that, they, uh, they find the wizard's glove, and they say to this detective, well, that still doesn't clear you. And I wrote, why would that, why would that, right, why would why think, would that like, clear oh, you? a glove. Yeah, the yeah. fact that there's a glove who he, that he's not wearing, why would that clear him? And I also, I so expected them to make him try on the glove to see if it fit. That felt so obvious. They did not do that. All right, well, we're living post-OJ, so... That feels like such a a Cinderella kind of... Why would you not at least... We went two different directions with that. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So Batman somehow just understands the the same pseudoscience as the wizard and explains to everyone this idea that the wizard is invisible because of the rays and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, that's way above your pay grade, Batman. Right. You don't know how this works. But there was a moment of, like, legitimately good detective stuff where he says he's going to try and get fingerprints by turning the glove inside out, getting the fingerprints off the inside of the glove. And then he would... uh, he says everyone should check the other suspects to see if they have bullet wounds on their hands. That's actually detective stuff. Yeah, that's that legitimate. actually that's a good plan. Right. That I'm that felt weird. I know. I was like, is that you? Can you do that when you turn it? Is it what if what kind of glove? And then I was like, you know what? Just go with it. I I'm gonna take it. I'll I just too. I was like, it's science. Yeah, I, it's good enough. I will accept that you Neither can... Neither of us are great at science, so it's pretty easy for us to be like, yeah. That's... You, you know what? The bar is low here. I'm going to accept that you can get those fingerprints. Right. Me too. And he does. He gets the fingerprints. Yeah. So Barry Brown, the radio announcer, he comes to Commissioner Gordon's office wearing gloves, and then Gordon demands he takes them off, and he reveals he has a wound on his right hand, which he says he got moving broken glass in my garage, which is the thing people do. But also, to get a wound on the back of the right, hand? Right, right. Yeah, it didn't make any sense. I just love the idea of these, that like his wife was like, honey, did you move all that, that big pile of broken glass from one side of the garage to the other? Right. Like, you didn't say something broke. I was moving my broken glass collection, yeah. and it yeah. just cut out of hand. Get it? Uh-huh. Uh, um, no, but it was very uh, sketchy. Yeah. So then Commissioner Gordon is like, I gotta go check on something. Bye, Barry Brown. And he hides something behind the commissioner's curtains. Yeah, some kind of listening device or I something. I assume so. First I thought it was a bomb, and I was like, this is about to get good. <laughs> but no, it wasn't. So the fingerprints turn out to belong to Professor Hamill's attendant, Carter. Batman and Robin pull their costumes out of the filing cabinet, and on they drive to Hamill's along with, uh, along with Commissioner Gordon. Mm-hmm. Along the way, they're listening to Barry Brown's broadcast, where he reports where they were going. The attendant walks in on Hamill without knocking and finds him standing up instead of in his wheelchair. Has no reaction to this. No. Does not acknowledge this is happening. Is not surprised. Uh, nothing. No. Then Hamill gets pissed and leaves. Yeah. Hamill just storms out and the attendant starts talking to someone who's off screen. Right. 
just pleading for his life. He's like, I don't know why you're here. You think I failed you, but I can still help. Please don't shoot. Yeah. Then they shoot. Yeah, we see like a gun just poke into the frame. Can't see who's holding it. Someone shoots them. And uh, then Hamill, Batman and Batman and Robin and Gordon walk in, find the attendant dead. Hamill walks in. Again, no one notices he's not in his wheelchair. Or cares. Or cares. This is, I feel like that's way more important than this remote control yeah, machine. Yeah, I would be like, you are bad detectives. Yeah. This man was in <laughs> yeah. a wheelchair. They couldn't notice that. And he's standing up now. Yeah. Don't trust the word he says. Right. Also, maybe make like knock on his knees or something. Yeah, I feel though if he's got a machine that can cure paralysis, this is a way bigger deal than this remote control machine. That's true. This could help so many people. Was a lot bigger deal. Yeah, yeah. So so Hamill's hand is injured, but he says he burned it in the laboratory, and uh, they just uh, they all take it for granted that Carter was the wizard. Don't really care how he died. Right. Just no effort to figure that out. Then Barry Brown goes on the radio and says the wizard is still alive and planning to kill Commissioner Gordon at 2 o'clock. And he is about to reveal the wizard's identity, and then suddenly he starts choking. This is some Darth Vader shit. Yeah. Except for he's there in real life. He's not using cool powers. Right. If the wizard is anyone other than... I mean, if the wizard is Hamill, then this feels so obvious at this point. I'm going to be so pissed. But if this is anyone other than Hamill, they're doing a good job of throwing me off the trail because I don't know who else it could be. Um, But then, so he's getting choked out of nowhere. Yeah. Choke, choke, choke. And then the other guy's like, uh, Barry's busy right now with the radios. No more radio. Have a good night, (laughs) y'all. Basically what he says. Batman and Rob, Batman and Gordon hold up in... Gordon's office, waiting for the wizard to strike when Vicky shows up. They ask her to use an infrared bulb and to take a picture. Yep. They want her to take a picture for once. And she goes, how, she's like, how am I supposed to focus the camera on an invisible person? And Batman's like, that's your problem. <laughs> and I was like, you are such a dick. You've been trying for 14 episodes to convince us you're a professional photographer. You figure it out. Yeah. You, just show us. So back in, uh... So we're still in Commissioner Gordon's office. Yeah. And then the wizard, we see him in the car, and he's like, Neil's going to turn on the power, and I'm invisible now. So then uh, we cut back to Gordon's office, and a rope and a gun slowly lower down outside of the window. And I wrote down, what is the point of being an invisible assassin if everything everything you carry can still... yeah. Yeah. So we we can see where he is. Which doesn't really make sense because that would mean that his, like, pendant thing would be visible. The rules are not clear. Mm-mm. The limit does not exist. Yeah. But anyway, he shoots through the glass. Yeah. Everybody Vic- ducks and covers. Vicky screams, Batman and Gordon fall to the floor. And that's the end of part 14. So we're going we're gonna to stop and we're going to talk... We're going to watch part 15. We have not seen this. We do not know who the wizard is. Not, I have no clue. So we're going to take a break. We're going to come back with part 15, Batman Victorious. A uh, little side note. You know, Batman Victorious was the name of the aborted sequel to the 1997 Batman and Robin. Oh, really? Yeah. If that hadn't bombed at the box office, they were going to make Batman Victorious. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. 
Well, I'm just excited that this is almost over and there are no more cereals. Yes. Yes, so we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. And tells Batman, someone who claims he's the wizard is making a phone call. Gordon is way too skeptical. He's like, hmm. I don't know. This guy says he's the wizard. I'm I know not convinced. he's in the area, but <laughs> is it really the wizard? Uh, probably, probably just kids. Probably just, <laughs> probably kids. just some teenagers doing one of their pranks. One of those teenage pranks. Vicky develops the film, and the it shows a picture of the wizard. The wizard turns out to be Carter. Carter. Bum, bum, bum. But how does she see his face because he's wearing his mask? It makes no goddamn sense. Not he's just, fucking He's just bitch. not wearing a mask in the picture. Yeah. He wears a mask every other Literally moment every we other see second. him. Not wearing a mask as he tries and to he, go for there's it. there's no point where they like show him putting on the mask. No. He, he was wearing it. It doesn't make sense. But you know was, what? Good job, Vicky. You got a great picture. You basically broke the case. The so. only thing I could think of is that maybe because this is some kind of special film. It was like radioactive bulbs and shit. Yeah, they say it was like an infrared bulb, which doesn't make any sense, but whatever. But So maybe it's like an x-ray thing that can see through his hood. Hey, science! <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't... Someone tell us. I mean, his clothes are still there. It's just the right. hood. It'd be funnier if it went through everything. <laughs> if he's just wearing like uh, like boxes with like hearts on them or something, yeah. he's just staying with, with like, a gun. Um, bats on them. I'd really like oh, that. that'd be good. Yeah. Um, so they're like, "Oh, it's Carter," but wait, he's dead. Right. Oh wait, that doesn't make any sense. Da-da-da. This twist makes no sense. So um, the wizard, uh, he, he's still on the phone. He says, "I must go." <laughs> That's how he hangs up. But like. They dropped off a car for him without a driver. So one of his henchmen brought a car yeah. and just left it. And they were like, I guess, walking home? No, because he has the remote control machine, so they sent oh. a car remotely. How could he do that if he was trying to keep him invisible? Could the machine do both of those things? I guess. Don't look <sighs> so for, for logic and consistency so in this. The wizard- That's like the least of the plot holes in this thing. The, li- the, the lizard. <laughs> the wizard <laughs> gets in the car and drives off, and these two, like, beat cops pull up. <laughs> and one of the beat cops goes to the other and is like, there's nobody driving that car. And his friend's like, are you crazy? You better get your eyes examined. Why are the cops so skeptical? They know that they're the lookout for an invisible guy, and they see in evidence of it, like, nonsense. There's no such thing as an invisible no, the, man. No way, you couldn't have seen Tim. Um, so they set up this roadblock, yeah, which is just like what they use to keep you away from the stage at a concert. Right, right. It's not a real roadblock. No. He just drives right through that. Literally shatters it. And Gordon tells Batman... And he immediately crashes his car, also. Gordon tells Batman that a, a car with no driver has been sighted, and it's, quote, presumably being driven by the Invisible Man. He's As still opposed not, to... He's not convinced. Are there he's multiple Invisible convinced. people? Right. <laughs> I, it's driven by... But we can't see a driver. We're on the lookout for an invisible guy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not willing to commit to this. Uh, So the wizard then, after driving through the barrier, he crashes the car into a telephone pole. And then he flees on foot, still invisible. Yeah, but the machines are overheating. Yeah. It cuts back. And it's like they're literally on fire. They are that hot. Yeah. 
So as the machines overheat, he becomes visible, but one of his goons picks him up in a car. Right. But when he becomes visible, he is wearing his mask, so... Right. Um, so Vicky follows Robin out to the hidey hole. Wearing heels, like walking through the desert in heels. But I think that's appropriate, because I, I really think that that's what she would have worn all the time. You think? Yeah, I think that they're low heels. And okay. But this like, is like the desert, like a she, forest. Like, she just left. Like, she was at Gordon's office developing film, and then she was like, Oh, I gotta go follow Robin. But then she gets caught because she's a girl. I so. bow to your sense of what women wear. Uh, you, you know better like, than that. I. I think that this makes a lot more sense than like uh, the whole Bryce Dallas Howard wearing heels in Jurassic World. Mm. I know it was a character choice. I don't care. I still think it's stupid. Right. Anyway. So, so Robin runs around just jumping off of piles of rocks like he's a five-year-old. Which is very funny. Yeah. We, we both like laughed out loud. Literally laughed moment. out loud, yeah. The wizard orders the goons to get rid of Vicky, and she just drops her camera, and they drive away. Again, I thought that was a moment that was going to be like a clue that they saw Vicky was nearby. Not a clue. Does not come up. I like that when he tells them to get rid of her, they go, what do we do with her? <laughs> yes. So they tie her up and put her in a car. Right. And start the car towards a cliff. That seems like a really inefficient way to kill someone. But also kind of awesome. Except for the fact that, like, if the cops came, they'd be, it wouldn't be like, oh, it was an accident because she was tied up. Right. Why didn't they just throw her off the cliff? She's I, a girl. She could fall. <laughs> I mean, if if she's going off a car... She's a, cliff, a lady. She could just faint off of the side of a cliff. <laughs> if she's going off in a car, though, it seems like there's way less chance of her dying because there's this whole car protecting her. I am going to just interject real quick. I know that there have been so many times that we've watched cars like go down so the side many. of a mountain. And I'm just going to share a really brief short story about my family. Go for it. So my grandmother and mom are from a part of Appalachia um, where it's Appalachia. like... Appalachia. Where they were lived on Black Mountain, which is one of the highest peaks. And so um, growing up, you did stupid shit. And my Uncle Jimmy got pissed drunk with one of his friends one time, and they were driving down the mountain. He drove off the road, rolled down the mountain in the car, um, and totaled the car. The only reason that they, like, weren't injured is because they were all so drunk that the cops were like, your bodies just, like, went with it. If you tried <laughs> to fight it, you probably would have been hurt. And that is a true story of how my uncle drove a car off the side of a mountain and is alive today to tell. And that's yeah. why Chelsea is an advocate of drunk driving. Yeah. <laughs> Chelsea Only drunk drive off mountains. Right. But please don't drink and drive. This must have been... Maybe this is why everything else is so cheap, because they keep driving cars off of cliffs, and that's like where all the budget is going. I don't know why, but I have this image of like it's like a set cliff... And they have like railroad tracks that, like you know, those cars that but you can get like in when you're a kid. But it feels like it's like flipping over. It's not just like driving oh, yeah, straight down. That's right. Sometimes they flip. I don't. I you know. That's Maybe they just had the like some went. kind of stock footage just of cars. cars going over cliffs, and they just use that because it's not the same car necessarily. No, it's not. It's different cars all the time. I mean, it's not even necessarily the same car that that they that, were driving yeah, when they got there. Right. Yeah. Well, so Batman shows up. Yeah. Um, so Batman stops the car right before it goes off the cliff. And then when Vicky asks him to untie her, he says that she'll be all right. You'll be and all then right. runs off. 
Just leave me. <laughs> Thanks, Batman. you fucking son of a bitch. Batman is not... This is the second time he's left her stranded in the middle of the desert. I just want to say, there's a point that comes up at the end here where Batman... Where she thinks that Batman and Bruce Wayne are the same person. Yeah. Let's not... Let's... But I just, like, if that if that's true, right? and you think this is your boyfriend slash fiancé, whatever, who just leaves you tied up in a car, right? maybe reevaluate some things. Side note, never explain what their relationship is. No, we don't know. Four hours. This thing, this series, four hours long. We spent four hours of our lives watching this. Four hours. There's no... I probably spent more just because I would zone out and have to go back and watch things over. There's no hint as to what they are. There's never, it's never explained what their relationship is. Jesus Christ. Um, so. Batman and Robin sneak into the. Yes, they sneak in. The, uh, Robin sees someone, one of the criminals go through the, the bush. So they, they go through it and they find the trap door and they ambush a criminal as he comes out and they, they force him to take them to the headquarters, the wizard's Take headquarters. Take us to your leader. I wrote down a, a note. Thank God we don't have to see the entire submarine process, scene. the submarine and then the <laughs> teleportation from the submarine. That was way too an elaborate Right. Uh, also, process. it wouldn't have worked. Like, if we go off of how long the process was and all the other stuff, Yeah. they see the teleporting like of everyone in the submarine while it's on the way. So they would have seen Batman and Robin in the submarine. So the right. wizard must be real distracted right, right. now. Right. Anyway. So the wizard, uh, everyone starts fighting. Uh, Except for the wizard who's just like yeah. against the wall hiding. Yeah. And then he flips a switch and a bunch of smoke starts pouring out of this machine and the wizard runs off. And Batman, Batman and Robin run through the exit of the headquarters into Professor Hamill's house. Dun, dun, dun! And this is where everything stopped making any kind of sense. Oh, it gets really crazy. This is soap opera shit. I, I wrote down, Hamill confesses, it turns out that it was actually Carter's twin brother who was killed, and then Hamill something, something, something. So what ha- happened was, so Batman and Robin come through, and Hamill gives this confession. And he says, it was me, I was the wizard all along, I killed um, Carter's twin brother, and then Batman's like, no you didn't. Carter's twin brother is threatening your life. He's the wizard, not you. And Hamill's like, you're exactly right. How did you know that? Um, based on no evidence. Based on no evidence. So, like, they're twin brothers, one of whom is acting as a manservant to this scientist, which I guess was to, like, learn all the sciencey stuff. I guess. The other one was being the wizard in the basement, which I guess Hamill just didn't go to once his legs stopped working so great. Also, Hamill's back in his wheelchair in this yes! scene. Yes! It's very confusing. Yeah. That is such a huge... I, I mean, so many... So much of the time when you see, like, a continuity error in a movie, it's something where you kind of got to be paying close attention. It's like a woman who, like, her hair is down in one shot, then it's up in the next, or, like, someone's holding something. Or, like, something it's parted and, on one side, and then it ends yeah. up in a different place. They had a guy... They forgot in one scene that he's supposed to be in a is wheelchair. Is he in a wheelchair, or is he not in a wheelchair? I can't remember. Uh, just go with no for this yeah. one. No need to reshoot that scene. (laughs) But, like, Carter killed his twin brother. No, Carter's twin brother killed Carter. Just kind of heavy for the serial so far. Did we understand... Did they explain why? 
Uh, he killed him because he was, like, doing a bad job and they needed to get... I think it was basically just because he wanted to get the police off of his trail because of the whole, like, we're identical twins. We have the same fingerprints. Carter's dead now. It can't yeah. be me. Because they don't know about the twin existing. Right. That's such a lazy plot device to have an identical twin that was never mentioned before. Yeah. That's true. But, you know, neither one of us saw this coming. I, I will give that to him. I yeah. didn't see it coming. Did not see it coming. Although I did think, I wrote down like five pages of notes ago that the the butler is the wizard. The just, butler did it. Yeah, the Carter's the wizard. Just because it seems like... The they, fucking butler did it. They had the same voice, the same build. It seemed like it was the same actor. I'm so mad the butler did it. Yeah. So then we cut to... Uh, Commissioner Gordon's Commissioner Gordon's office. office. And there's this <laughs> this moment where Batman's like, well, the only unresolved plot thread is how did Brown know all the information he kept broadcasting? And they just kind of let that drop. Yeah, they never told us. <laughs> yeah. Just like, <laughs> they, they like point out that there is a plot hole. They're like, we couldn't really figure out how to explain this well, so... Yeah. This is what I'm saying that I feel like they were just writing this week to week. They it's had like a no plan. Adventure. Yeah, they had no plan yeah. for any of this. They were just like, we'll figure something out. Uh, that'd be cool if he just was announcing things. Uh, why is he announcing things? How do you know? Uh, we'll figure something out. They also never explain the private investigator. No. No idea. Never comes back. Never. He's not even in this. No. Part 15. Um, also, all of the technology and stuff, I assume, gets exploded. From overheating? I guess. Do they catch the other bad guys? What happened to Vicky's brother? Is it ever established why Carter was doing this? Oh, Vicky's brother's dead. Yeah. Uh, no. No motive at all was given. No. I think he just wanted to be invisible. <laughs> that just makes him sound really sad. He's just this depressed teenager. I just want to be invisible. I feel like no one sees me, so I really want no one to see me. Uh, I really like Vicky, but Vicky doesn't even know I exist. She What's only comes around when she wants to take pictures of Professor Hamill. Isn't there a song by Clay Aiken about being invisible? Probably. It's I a know. pop song. Um, shit, what, it's, what is it called? Do you want to explain? There's like one more thing that happens. All right. It's so beautiful. It is so beautiful. So earlier on in the serial, we did have a moment where Batman and Robin were like, I think she's catching on to you, Bruce. Yeah, and we kind of discussed like whether it, it was kind of unclear whether she knew Batman and Bruce were the same right. person. And so she, they're in Commissioner Gordon's office, and she's like, hey, Batman, me and Bruce are having dinner tonight if you want to come. And he's like, sure. And so we're like, I don't know about you, but I was sitting there like, How's that going to happen? Is he just going to bail? What? Then, <laughs> Commissioner Gordon leaves to go make a press announcement, and there's a call to his office, and Batman just answers the Before you even phone. get to that, like, it, assuming this went through the way that she'd planned it, <laughs> what, did she, what did she expect? Like, he's just going to show up for dinner in costume? I was hoping it was going to be like one of those sitcom things where someone's on two dates at once <laughs> and they're like running back and forth changing yeah. clothes. But but like if Batman had, if they had been two separate people, he was just going to show up to like this French restaurant just wearing a bad costume. That's my hope and dream. <laughs> like I'm a little surprised you've never just gone to dinner in a Batman costume. I didn't say I'd never done that. <laughs> 
they don't like it. They don't, they don't like it. They do not want to see you. They put you in the back. Yes. <laughs> um. So then, Bat like there's a call to Commissioner Gordon's office, and yes. Batman just straight up answers the phone like he has a right to do that. Right. And Alfred is playing a phonograph recording <laughs> into the phone of Bruce saying, "I'm just you know I don't think I'm going to be able to make dinner tonight. I've had a really." tough day i think i'm gonna go on vacation for about a week and then she hangs up and batman's like just kind of looks at her and he's like what's going on and she's like well i thought i had it figured out who you are but i guess i was wrong and that's it and it literally just, just says the, the end, end. They, all, they all share like a big laugh like and uh, Batman, but it's like a crazy laugh. Yeah, but, but they're like, uh, she's like, I thought you were Bruce Wayne. They're like, ah, ha, 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 You did not know the answer. How did he, because this isn't, there's, this is pre-cell phones. He couldn't have like texted Alfred and been like, yo, play this record. This is. Yo, Gordon just left. Like, let that, let that record play. How did Alfred know when to call them? Maybe how they, did they. Well, Robin and him had walkie talkies earlier. So maybe they set it up on the drive over. But how did he know the moment to call? How did he have this it's the record? the magic of movies. <laughs> he had this record ready to go. In case I wonder he... how many other records he has like that. <laughs> what if, what if she had Is hadn't... that how he broke up with, with um, what's her name? Uh, Linda. Linda. I hope so. I just love the idea that he has like a whole shelf of records. Oh, I do too. That's exactly for, what I'm picturing. Yeah. They're all different like reasons he can't do things. <laughs> and Alfred's just like, it's su- such a bad wingman position. Yeah. And Alfred had like the smuggest smirk on his face as he was holding the phone to this phonograph. Oh, Alfred, we love you, but you have a terrible job. That's just such a risky plan to like assume you know exactly what Vicky's going to say and all of the because there's like a back and oh, forth. Oh, that's true. What if she says something? What if she went off script? Yeah, well, well, she didn't say anything when Bat when Bruce called. I think she, it was like a I line think she just two. said like. I think she made a kind of sarcastic comment about how like oh well if you're tired because <laughs> she's been doing all this shit and he's presumably been at a country club right and then she hung up on him yeah. And that's it. Why is she together with him? Why is anyone with him besides Dick? I mean... And we're starting to question Dick, too, because it seems like he just doesn't care. Their relationship is not as strong not as it as, once was. No, it's really sad. So that's that's it. That's uh, the last part of the 1949. We did it. Yeah. Let's do a quick wrap-up. What did you... Do you recommend this? No. 100% do not Actually, recommend this. I would say, if you were interested in this, I would watch from episodes 12 to the end. I don't think you need any more than that. No. It, it's, I think it gets better towards the end, but it's still not good. Right, but if you like wanted to watch it. I think if there's some... Because I couldn't recommend any part of the first serial. If there was some way that there... If there's like a highlight reel, there were some individual moments in this that really genuinely made me laugh yeah but those were so few or and far honestly between. just watch the last part and then you'll be as confused as we were after watching all four hours of the serial yeah this is really long yeah this is a lot to get through um this is like gone with the wind long the yeah amount of time we spent on these serials this is eight hours eight between the two things eight hours and if you count the time we've spent recording yeah that's 
probably we've probably spent a full like twenty four hours, like it's gotta be watching this, taking notes, recording, setting things up. You with the posting, me with the having the train rides. Right, that's a full day. Some quick statistics about this: between the two serials, eight hours, two women, two women. That means no female extras, nothing. Linda, Vicky. You know what we should do? Hmm. Remember in the first one when we were like, I don't know if we can name five things about Linda besides things. I think we about- do that for Vicky. Yeah, we should do that for Vicky. We should name five things about her. She's a photographer. Yeah. She has a brother. She has a brother. <laughs> Let's not name things that are about like the men she's related to. Um, she tries to save her brother. Which is, like, kind of a... She's loyal. She's very loyal, yeah. Uh, um, three, she doesn't actually always listen to what the guys say. Sometimes is, she doesn't. Sometimes she doesn't. She's tenacious. So, yeah. She's smart. Is she? She is smart, because she, like, is almost at the same pace as Batman. Like when she Batman's was, not smart, though. Well, I mean... But apparently men are the superior race at this point, so if she's as smart as Batman, then... (laughs) She's as smart as, like, the dumbest man on Earth. (laughs) Yes. The best of the worst. Yeah. Um, I'll give it to you. She's smart. She can drive. She keeps a spare set of keys in her car, which is very smart. Yes. Yes, when you're dating Batman. (laughs) When you're dating Batman. That would be the second time he strands her in the desert in her car. Yes. That's too many times. That is... Two times too many. He's a superhero. Super zero. Ah. What a dick. All right, that's four things. Four things. We've got to come up with a fifth thing. Um, she works for a magazine. Well, she's well, you said she's a photographer. That's kind of the same. She has that weird closet in her place that we still have. Yeah, why does she have a is. secret passage we out of her office? Secret passageway is, but she has one. Yeah. That's kind of something. I'll count it as five. I, I guess. I she guess she can count. No, I don't think she ever faints. Never once did she faint. No. No, that's good. Good for her. Yeah. (laughs) No, that's good. Good for her. Yeah. (laughs) Zero people of color in this. Not true. No? Oh, well, if you count fake people. Zero genuine people of color. Yeah. Maybe the one... Wait, was the Native American guy in this one or in the last one? Last No, it was in this one, wasn't it? Because that's when he leaves her in her car. No, that that was um, before it's they went out to the cave. It's all running together. But in between, I'm counting this as like one thing. Between the two, okay, eight zero hours. There we go. Yeah, people of color. It just there's. Um, I don't think there's even any fake minorities in this one. There's not any fake minorities in this one. No. There's it's a, unless that one security guard was supposed to be Hispanic, and it's kind of unclear. Also, you have your weird black KKK costume for the wizard, right? Uh, this what were your is... favorite parts of this? Like your favorite moments? I liked when uh, Batman got punched and he screamed out, "That hurt!" <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh really hard. I think my favorite part was when the wizard put on that Flavor Flav clock for the first time. I I laughed out loud. I had to pause it and go back. I reached the point where every time Robin ran away, I would start laughing because <laughs> that just happens so often. That should be, like, a Yakety Sax highlight reel. That moment where uh, 
Batman pretended to be unconscious and let Jimmy Vale undress him. Oh, I forgot about that. That was so that, weird. That was really weird. That was weird. Oh, that moment where um, Professor Hamill gets into his electric chair and starts making his O face. Yeah. Honestly, the first time we see him just standing up and no one says anything. Yeah. Me, I was like, we're just going to go with this? Cool. Good job, cops. You're very observant. So we got to start wrapping things up. But, yeah, because uh, this we, is the world's longest podcast. Right. On our list of the greatest, uh, of all the, the Batman in order, so far at number, we've, we've watched one thing before this. We have one Batman. So far at number two, we have Lewis Wilson, <laughs> started in 1943. Firmly at number two. At number one, we have no one. We, we both agreed that no one would have been a better Batman. We would have preferred Batman just not be in that one. Right. Where do you put Robert Lowry, star of this? Is he below Lewis Wilson, above? Is he above no one? Where do you put him? I think he's above no one in this one. He's a dickwad. But, like, he looks more like Batman. Like, he's more in shape. Yeah. Um. He... At one point, attempted like a Batman voice, but I was glad he kind of yeah he that. abandoned that pretty that quickly. Was bad and annoying, um, but honestly, without Batman in this, it would just be Robin getting killed. I don't know. It's it's this is a really tough one because there's a lot of things. He had more gadgets. I like that. Better fighter. Much better fighter. For the most part, with a few very notable exceptions, he's a better fighter. That's true. Uh, Batmobile, at least he's driving it. Yeah. And it has a siren and, like, it it uh, has a radio, so there's kind of gadgets there. Right. I think he's a worse human being than Lewis Wilson. I think, like, Lewis Wilson would not have abandoned Vicky in the desert multiple times. No. I think he's more tired than Lewis Wilson. He has less energy. Isn't Lewis Wilson the one that slept on the side of the road? Okay, that's true. I think they're the, both equally. That was his excuse for like why he wasn't there. He was like, "Oh, Rob and I got tired, so we fell asleep I on the side fell of the asleep. road." <laughs> okay, maybe they both are pretty low energy. Maybe we put no one in this Batman as a tie. I think we gotta we, we gotta no, make this interesting. I still think that this. I think that he is a better Batman than than no one. My biggest he was better looking. He was better looking. The costume was worse. The, I assume the nose looks like one of those um, Black Plague masks. The ears were worse, too. The yeah. ears were, looked like horns. Mm-hmm. And there was the two moments where the one where he gets punched and he shouts, That hurt! <laughs> and then the, but that almost makes him better. And that moment where he runs at the criminals with his hands in the air, like he's just running to surrender. Oh, yeah. Those are the only two things. Was keep that boat thing in this one? Yes, they were both. Both of them were Robert Lowry. Those are the only things keeping me from putting him number one with a bullet. But you think he's, despite that, you would still... I would say yes. Because if those are the only two things, then he is significantly better than Lewis Wilson. And yeah. if you took out those two parts, the serial would still be technically watchable. Yeah. So I think okay. he's better than no one. He he does occasionally do some detective work. Right. The fingerprint thing was good. Yeah, that was good. Um, he did the... The um, back of the hand thing. Yeah. The the radioactive money. The the wire tapping. The wire tapping. Um, so I would, I would say 
he played a very active and, and good role in this. I'll say, yeah, I'll, I'll put him, he's number one. So he's our list goes one. Robert Lowry, no, no one, one, and then Lewis Wilson. <laughs> I feel comfortable with that. I, yeah, I feel good about that. All right, so that's going to do it for Batman and Robin. We're done with the serials. I'm so excited for it for next week. We're going to jump. There's a 14-year jump where there's no Batman movies. I couldn't find anything in the 1950s. Next Batman movie is 1963. I'm very excited about this one. This is Batman Dracula, directed by Andy Warhol. Scored by So it's gonna be weird Yeah it's gonna be weird And scored by the Velvet Underground Shut the fuck yeah. up I'm actually super stoked about this I'm really This is the one that made me Want to start this podcast When I found out that existed I've not watched this I'm really excited I'm honestly really excited And I'm hoping it's good And I want it to be like Something that like Like cool bars would play On the wall Yeah While you're there Everything from here on out I think some of the things we're going to watch are going to be bad. I don't think any of them are going to be this unwatchable. I don't think anything could be this unwatchable. You know what? This uh, Batman Dracula, most, it's like a lost film. There's only like 20 minutes they've been able to find. I'm going to go ahead and say, watch it. Watch it with us. It's 20 minutes long. Watch it and hear us discuss it. Yeah, and it'll probably be a slightly shorter podcast next week. So that's a break for you. Yeah, this is a really long one today. Yeah. Well, you know, we got a lot to wrap up at the end here, and then we'll do a shorter one next time. Yeah, with um, uh, our first guest. Did, yeah. Did our guest confirm? I have not had a confirmation from our guest. Probably our first guest Probably will be Probably our here. first guest. I think that she will definitely be interested. Um, so, actually, I kind of like the idea of keeping you in like in the wind about that, like not knowing exactly who it is. Yeah, don't know who it is. Surprise. Don't know if she'll be here. Uh, oh, but we, we may or may not have a guest next week. Yeah. So, Chelsea, what do you want to plug? Uh, just same old thing. Facebook Facebook group, please go there. Yeah. Um, please uh, rate and subscri- subscribe yeah. to this podcast. I think we owe you some like old high school pictures. I just remember that from yeah, the yeah. podcast. Yeah, yeah. We are supposed to post so those last week. We'll do that. Maybe we'll throw those up there. Um, my Instagram is a mouthy broad. Uh, it's also my Twitter handle. Please feel free to follow me there. It's... I think I'm pretty funny, but if you don't, then it's okay. Not everyone has a good taste. Um, what about you, Danny? Anything? Uh, I've got some shows coming up, but we record these way in advance. So I don't know when these will be <laughs> when this will be dropped. So just I'm just gonna say, follow me on uh, friend me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter, and Danny we'll Rathbun. Put your events up on the Facebook page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah, the yeah. Group, we'll so do that. that. Can... Um, I do a monthly show at Eastville Comedy Club. I know the next one's gonna be September 14th. This may or may not be released by then. Uh, yeah, that's about it. Oh, uh, check out, uh, I want to thank, as always, Joe Gilpin. Yes. He puts all our stuff online. He's got a podcast, Up, Up, and Away, and we are sort of in like a podcast network with him. Hopefully going to have some stuff coming from that. I think that's it. How did your podcast spot go for your friends thing last week? It was good. It was good. I do a podcast with Mike Bledger, um, where I talk about Batman every week. I, I should know the name of that podcast. I don't know. We can put it up on the... Yeah, he does a, a thing called uh, um, Malignant Brain Humor. I think it, it might be part of that or it may be a different... If you just check out Malignant Brain Humor. Just check humor. it out. You can yeah. catch Danny on that. Um, and we're always about supporting people that we are working with. So sure. I think that's going to be for us. I think that's it. And... Uh, 
we can like laugh maniacally and roll the end credits. <laughs> 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 the end.